0: My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Well, good morning, and welcome to Our Sunday School. I'm glad you're able to join us this morning. I'm going to say hello to some folks that have already logged on. So, uh, Barry Cole, and uh, good afternoon, Vicki, when you listen to this. Uh, the McGarvey's are here. Sabrina's here. Hey, Sabrina, say hello to Mia for me. Uh, Amy Veloson's here. Hello, Miss Amy. We've been praying a lot for you this week as you, uh, actually last week as you recover from, uh, the surgery. So appreciate you being on this morning. Josh Landers, good morning from the Grand Canyon. All right. So you just set the new record, Josh. So you and Katie and Ike are officially the, uh, farthest away, uh, watching live, uh, of a Sunday school class that I think I've ever taught. So, Congrats on that. Uh, good morning to the Arnold's, uh, the Barber's, uh, plus the baby. Oh, fantastic. Well, hello from uh, two girls and Andy's wife from Oregon and Florida. So it's good to have you guys with us this morning as well. So thanks for uh, getting up early and uh, engaging with Scripture in this way. So we're excited to, to have you guys with us. So I'll get, I'll direct your attention to uh, the website, uh if you want to go there and... Uh, grab the handout for today's lesson. It's just one page long. So we're, today, uh, Lord willing, we'll be doing an overview of Mark chapter 9. So you'll need uh, really three things for today's lesson. Um, two if, you've, if you're using one of the scripture journals. But uh, you'll need a, a copy of Mark chapter 9, preferably one that you can mark in. So if you're used to, to writing in your actual Bible that you use, great, you're all set. Uh, if you're not, you might want to get a copy of uh, an ESV scripture journal, or you can go to School.com and click on the Mark 9 prep link, uh, and it'll take you to Bible Gateway's uh, website where you can print off a clean copy. It's not a lot of ads and stuff on the sides of Mark chapter 9. Uh, it's actually what Caleb is using this morning. Julie's got her uh, ESV scripture journal, and I've got like a stack of books because I'm going to talk about lots of different things this morning, so... Uh, So you'll need at least a uh, handout and a copy of Mark's Gospel that you can mark up, um, pun intended there. And uh, as we are letting you guys get that, so good morning to Brittany, good morning to the the Greggs from North Carolina, uh, good morning Brian, and the Johnsons are here. Awesome. Fantastic. It's good to see you guys this morning. So uh, a couple of things before we kind of get into today's lesson. So today's lesson is not uh, going verse by verse through a small portion of the text. Today is an overview of Of uh, our process and an overview of Mark chapter 9 to kind of lay the groundwork for where we're going to go. So, our handout today is just walking through the process steps that we follow for our Sunday school. Uh, So, we'll just quickly run through those. So, process step number one is to pray, then hear, then think, then talk, share, and then after class, we invite. Uh, So, that's our process that we go through uh, each week in our Sunday school. So, our first step is to pray. Um, and this, is, this one page is taken from a larger study called Talking About the Bible. Uh, it's at OurSundaySchool.com as well. You can click and read and go through all the links and all the verses and all the explanation there. I would encourage you to do that. It gives you a, a good perspective on what our approach is in our Sunday school. Uh, but we'll just start this morning with a word of prayer uh, as we begin uh, Mark chapter 9. So, our attitudes as we do this are fear, dependence, and expectancy. So this is fear of the Lord. We're walking into the presence of the Lord. This is an amazing thing. Uh, Dependence and acknowledgement that we can't do this on our own. And expectancy, because God has told us that uh, we can actually expect things from Him, and specifically from His Word, which is a a beautiful, beautiful gift that He gives to us. Uh, Our actions, or what we want to do, is we want to pray for illumination, that the text is illuminated, that we understand and are able to hear. Uh, We want to pray for wisdom. Uh, that we can can glean what we need to glean and use it rightly, and then for hearing of the hearers, that we would be able to hear and understand what God is actually saying, uh, both in His Word and through His Word. So our practice is we pray before we talk about Scripture. So let's take a moment and pray. So Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You for this opportunity uh, to get together remotely. We thank You for uh, technology that allows us to be able to do this uh, even though it is it is not as good as being together in person, and we long for the day when we can uh, return together in person. We long for uh, being able to uh, greet each other. We long to be able to hug next and shake hands. And Father, you, you know our hearts here that we desire to uh, be with each other as a congregation, as a class, and uh, we pray that that you uh, we we know that you are sovereign in all things. That this is not. Uh, surprised you that this is not taking you aback. Uh, We know that that you are capable of feeding us through your word and through your spirit uh, in ways that we neither understand nor can fully explain uh, both uh, separately and collectively when we are able to gather again together. And uh, we thank you for that. We ask for uh, we ask for uh, illumination We ask for the text of the Scripture to be opened for us so that we can see. We ask for wisdom, uh, that the Holy Spirit would convict our hearts and draw us closer to you so that we would know more about you. And we ask for hearing for the hearers, that that all that hear and engage and participate uh, in this lesson and in this text, we would actually understand and hear the words of Scripture, that we would not allow competing words to drown out the words of Scripture, that we would not allow competing voices to drown out the, the drawing and the, the illumination of the Holy Spirit, but that we would be able to hear you uh, because you are the greatest, most wonderful voice that we could ever listen to. And we thank you for giving us a copy of your words that, uh, that we can rely on, that we can depend on, that we can trust, uh, and that we can expect great things from. So we thank you for that, and we ask your help this morning as we study your word. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, so process step number two uh, is to hear. And this is just literally exactly what it sounds like. This is hearing God's Word. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through Mark chapter 9, as we do, uh, a couple of attitudes that we want to take. Uh, we want to take an attitude of respect and deference. So whatever it is that you've got going on in the room or wherever you are, I would encourage you just to, to silence all of that and listen to God's Word being read. Uh, there are no other voices, uh, there are no other words that are any better than God's words. And I have I found it odd that, uh, you know, I've been going to church my entire life, and many times I'll see, I'll see someone start to pray, and there'll be a parent that uh, smacks a small child in the back of the head or gives them a stern look like, we're praying now. You should, you should really be quiet and listen. And yet those same parents, those same authority figures, when God's word is being read, just it's like no big deal, uh, and and I would just encourage us to understand that our talking to God isn't better or more holy or sacrosanct than God's word actually being read aloud to us. So we should we should certainly give God's word uh, the respect and the deference that that it is due. So our actions are we're going to read the Bible out loud to others and hear the Bible being read out loud. This is not complicated. This is a command that's repeated. Uh, many, many times all throughout the Scripture. Just hear the Word of the Lord, hear the Word of the Lord, hear the Word of the Lord. Um, and then so our practice is, is uh, hearing isn't reading and hear more often, right? So here we go, Mark chapter 9. As you notice, uh, Mark chapter 9 begins kind of three-fourths of the way into an already existing paragraph. And uh, depending on your translation, it might be broken out into a new, uh, a new uh, heading or not. In the ESV, it's not. It's part of the section that began in Mark 8 31. Jesus foretells his death and resurrection. So we're really catching Mark in kind of the end of a thought here, and he's going to pick up a new thought in verse 2. But we'll start with Mark uh, chapter 9, verse 1. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter. And it is often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him. So if you thought we were going to tackle some simple concepts in Mark chapter 9, I believe you might be uh, widely mistaken there. So there is a a spectacular amount of, uh, I would say, very interesting content in Mark chapter 9. So we'll say good morning to a few other folks. So the Archers are here, the denims are here, Cheryl Benefield is here, good morning, good morning, good morning, and my mom is here this morning. Good morning, Mom, and happy birthday. So uh, happy birthday, I hope you have a great day today. And uh, I'm impressed that uh, you're up this early watching Facebook, right? So a lot of people sleep in on their birthdays, especially when their birthday is a Sunday. But this was not the habit in my house growing up. We got up and got to go to church on Sunday where we saw many of our best friends. So uh, thank you for that example and thank you for uh, pouring into uh, me and my sister uh, and my dad uh, in a way that was uh, quite impactful for us the rest of our lives. So I'll take a pause here on Sunday school, and I'll come right back to Sunday school. But I don't know how many of you have somebody that prays for you every single day, but my mom prays for me every single day. Uh, I am, what am I now, 44? Yeah, close to that. I'm 44. And uh, I'm I'm old enough where I have to do the math now, so there's that, right? So wonderful. And my mom has prayed for me every single day I've been alive, which is a spectacular gift, Uh, one that could obviously never be repaid, but uh, one that I talk about and uh, one that I greatly appreciate. So happy birthday, Mom. Hope you have a great day. All right, so unpause, back to Mark chapter 9. So we just finished uh, process step number two, which is to hear. And then process step number three is to think. And this is uh, thinking in a spirit of humility. Not that my thoughts are great thoughts, but my thoughts are not great thoughts, uh, that I need assistance here. Uh, This is thinking about, this is an attitude of wonder and steadfastness. Um, one of the things that, that is really discouraging about our current generation, it's been happening for the last uh, 40, 50 years or so, but attention spans are getting shockingly shorter. Um, w- one of the things that you can notice about uh, this is uh, books. You just open up a book and you, you read a book, and uh, books are things that, that look like this, by the way, for those of you that, right, there's that. But uh, paragraph links in books have been getting shorter and shorter and shorter, uh, and many modern books have paragraph lengths of three, four sentences, whereas if you pick up an older book, it might have a paragraph length of a page or two. Uh, and the idea here is that uh, modern-day folk just can't follow a thought long enough to have uh, too much text before you get to a paragraph break, which is really, really sad. But there's lots of examples of this in our uh, in our lives. Uh, and uh, one of the things that, that I want us to focus on as we think about the Scripture, and this is Right. This is the process of talking about the Bible, how to, how to talk about the Bible, and we, we haven't talked about the Bible yet, right? So we've prayed and asked for help, we've heard the word, and now we're going to think. So our, our mouths, have, you can do this entire process up to this point, and you haven't opened your mouth, so just be aware of this. Uh, but there's a steadfastness that God calls us to of, uh, of action and of thought. Um, you know, love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. And the, the loving the Lord with your mind is a is a dedication, is a focus on the things of God, uh, and when we focus on God's Word, it's beautiful, beautiful things that come as a result of that. Uh, so I would just encourage us to have a steadfast attitude when we think about God's Word. So when do we do this? We think about God's Word uh, day and night, and we think up, we think thoughts of God on this. It's not a primary. A focus of I read God's word and what do I get out of it? It's I read God's word and what do I learn about God? What do I know about Him? How can how can I learn more about Him so that my actions and behavior align with who He is and what He does? Uh, it's not a me-focused approach here. And then our practice is to slow down and think. So as you as you listen to God's word being read, there was probably a section that uh, of Mark chapter nine that kind of Caught your attention or caught your mind's eye or, or caught your focus. So what I want you to do I want you to spend the next uh, we'll say three minutes. It'll feel like eternity. It's not. It's three minutes We'll spend the next three minutes. I want you to look at that text So open it back up grab a pencil grab a pen and just think about that text If you have a question write the question in that text uh, If you have a comment write that comment in that text, but I want you to think and to focus on that particular text. I've got one that I'm going to focus on, too, so you'll see me writing in these three minutes. But uh, I'll give us three minutes, and then we'll come back together. So there you go. so we'll come back together here. If that felt new or different or unusual to you, uh, congratulations and welcome to Bible study. Uh, Bible study is studying the Bible. Uh, Bible study is not reading books about the Bible. Bible study is actually studying the Bible. Uh, That is what we primarily do in our Sunday school. And if that is something that you like, or something you want to learn more about, I would encourage you to hang around because we will do this a lot in our Sunday school. So this process of thinking is slowing down in thinking about God's Word. So process step number four is talking. Now, uh, we as 21st century believers have the benefit of a massive uh, trove of resources available to us, both... Uh, more Christians likely on the earth right now than ever have been, just because the earth is uh, more largely populated than it ever has been, Uh, as well as more documented literature from those Christians and believers who have come before us. Uh, They have written down what uh, God showed to them about his word. So we have just an unbelievable number of resources. So this this step number four is talking with an attitude of incompleteness and teachableness. So this idea of incompleteness is that I was not born with everything that I needed for life and godliness. Uh, I had to learn a lot of different things. I, I had to learn for uh, years before I even understood what learning was. Right? So, I mean, there, there's this whole concept of there's there's skills that you have to learn in order to be able to learn other things. And I want to talk for just a few minutes this morning about some of those skills and some of those resources. But there's a incompleteness and a teachableness to us here. Uh, when we study the Scripture, we see people who, when they were told things from God, they didn't respond as if, well, I already know everything. I've got it covered. I, I don't need that. We see people with a teachable attitude. And we also see people who had a, no, no, I already know everything. I don't need that. And, and we see the outcomes of both of those decisions. So we want to have teachable attitudes. Um, so what do we do here? This is our action. We talk to those who are willing to teach and use available resources. Um, so our practice is to learn from others. So this is not, and it might sound odd in a process of talking about the Bible, when we get to the step that talks about talking, it feels like, oh, we're actually talking about the Bible now. No, 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 no. We're still learning at this point. This is... This is information coming in. This is a humility and a teachableness. So I'm just going to walk through some of the resources that we use in our Sunday school. So uh, the first is uh, the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, there's absolutely no way that we're going to be able to understand anything. So this is why we start with prayer. Because prayer, uh, we invite the Holy Spirit to help and understand and illuminate God's Word. So the second thing you need is a copy of God's Word. Uh, I like a copy that I can write in. Uh, I have finally gotten there in my, in my walk, uh, somewhere Thisa is smiling, and, uh, and I, I used to not like to write in a copy of the scripture because it just, it just felt there was very small margins and it wasn't easy to do, and now we've created resources that make this super simple. Um, so I would encourage you to copy the Bible. Uh, I would encourage you to think through, um, or just think through getting something like a study Bible. Uh, Now, study Bibles can be really helpful if they're used the right way. So I'm going to open up to Mark chapter 9 in this study Bible. These things are massive too, by the way. So Mark chapter 9. And I'll give you an example of something that is here in the study Bible. Uh, So study Bible in Mark chapter 9, verse 2, it says, After six days Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And uh, the study Bible note here says probably Mount Hermon. See the note on Matthew 17.1. So a study Bible can, can point you to other places in Scripture where similar things happened, uh, which is really handy because I, I don't have at any given time the entire text of Scripture memorized. I don't remember every example and every reference in all of Scripture. And study Bibles can be really, really helpful for that. Uh, they have a limit, right, because at some point you just can't put any more pages in a book and you can't carry it around because the book gets too big at that point. Like this is a, this is a big beefy study Bible. Um, so I'll give you another uh, resource. Uh, another resource is a commentary. Uh, this is actually one of my new favorites. Um, this is uh, CEB Cranfield. Uh, this is how you know that you wrote a commentary in the fifties is that you use initials instead of your first name, uh, or your middle name or your six middle names. And, um, uh, so I'll give you an example here of what, what a, an, a question that might be able to be answered by this uh, type of a, uh, of a word, uh, this type of a resource. Um, if we look at uh, page 289 in this particular text, it's talking about uh, a high mountain here. It says, from early times, this was identified with Mount Tabor, uh, 10 miles southwest of the Sea of Galilee, but Mount Tabor is less than 2,000 feet above sea level. And at this time, it had a fortress on its summit. Uh, It's a spur of Mount Hermon, over 9,000 feet, and about 12 miles northeast of Caesarea Philippi. Uh, So, again, helping us with some geographical understanding of where Jesus might have been. Because I I promise you, one of the things that the Bible doesn't do is it doesn't spend a ton of time talking about where things are relative to each other. There there are lots of documented places, especially in Mark's Gospel, where it says, we're in this town or we're headed to that village or we're going this direction, but specific lat longitude coordinates, Mark's not going to give that because Mark wrote this for a group of people that would have been familiar with these places. We being a couple thousand years separate from that, we have to use some resources that help us kind of bridge the gap from a factual perspective. Now what I didn't read you was the uh, opinions of this particular commentator. I, I don't care about his opinion. I want you to throw his opinions out uh, with the trash because that's just, that's not helpful at all. What I want to do is use resources that give us additional facts and additional clarity to the actual content of the words of Scripture. So another resource might be a commentary. Uh, If you want to know where mine are for the Gospel of Mark, can you guys see them? Yeah, you can see them. They are... Right over there. So I've got three, six, seven, eight, nine, two more elsewhere. I think 11 different books that I'm using to help me teach through uh, the gospel of Mark. Because not every commentator has all of the data that I'm looking for. Uh, sometimes there'll be a, a piece of information that is really helpful from a uh, morphological perspective. So I can throw out a $10 word here. So in my notes of Mark chapter 9... I wrote next to, I, I did the section on the transfiguration. Uh, so it says in verse 7, this is my beloved son, listen to him. Uh, so I have a, a question about this in my notes. I said, what's the morphology? What's the, what is the tense of this? Is this a one-time listen? Is this a repeated listen? Is this a command? Is it just a statement of fact? What, what is this? I, I think knowing that type of information would help me flesh out what was going on and what these people heard when they heard uh, this voice from heaven. So uh, helpful information to know. Um, another resource that you might use is, uh, and we're going to get a little more technical as we go here. So this is a, um, it's not really a commentary. This is uh, uh, A.T. Robertson's uh, New Testament word pictures. This is one of six volumes, I think. I'm looking up there. Yeah, there's six volumes. Uh, and this is one of my first resources that I ever used was uh, A.T. Robertson's New Testament Word Pictures. It's fantastic, super simple, easy to read. Um, There will be several things when you use a resource like this that that don't make sense, and I would say that's okay. If you pick up a technical resource and it all makes sense, uh, you're likely ready to write one, so it's all right. Um, I can promise you that there's virtually no book no uh, Bible resource book on my shelf that I fully understand all the components of. Um, so this is—I'll uh, <clears throat> give you an example here. So this is Mark chapter nine verse two. Uh, uh, Robertson makes a note on the word uh, "manus." This means by themselves or alone. Uh, this word only in Mark. So this this particular component of this uh, of this uh, story was not in the other Gospels. Um, So he he gives a reference here to Matthew 17 for a discussion on the transfiguration. Uh, Luke 9, 28 adds to pray as the motive of Jesus in taking Peter, James, and John into the high mountains. You might be wondering, what what were they going to go do? And Luke tells us, we're going to go do that. We're going to go pray. Uh, So additional resources that might be very helpful here. Um, Looking at verse uh, 3, this is really where I think Robertson shines. Yes, that was a joke. Uh, glistening, uh, exceedingly white, um, white and dazzling. Uh, this is uh, nafo. It's an old word uh, to card wool. Um, so this is uh, a word that talks about probably the snow-capped summit of uh, Mount Herman was visible. Could have been visible at this point in time. So lots of different things that uh, resources like this can help us with with the original words. Uh, so now we're going to get super technical. So this is a copy of the New Testament in Greek. I can't read this, but it's very helpful for looking up words and other resources that are Greek-based. Um, this is the uh, Greek-English interlinear for the ESV. Um, I'll show you kind of how we could use this. <clears throat> so this would be a, a, uh, a very literal, awkward translation of Mark chapter 9. Um, so if you look, you can see, and I've shown you this book before, uh, but this book has um, this book has uh, Greek on the top and then English on the bottom, which is interesting. So if you were to read this, it would say Mark chapter nine verse one, and he was saying to them, "Truly I say to you that there are some here of the of one standing who not not they will taste death until they see the kingdom of the of God having come with power." You might be thinking. It sounded a little awkward. Yeah, that's why we need good translations. <laughs> because good translations help us take the awkwardness of another language, literally translated, and make it smooth for us into our language. So this this resource tells us uh, exactly which Greek word goes with which English word. And then, this is like crazy extra credit level, uh, sometimes there are words that only show up a couple of times in the New Testament. Uh, And we really don't have enough instances of them to flesh out what a good New Testament usage of that word is. And and sometimes these words have significant theological implications to them. So it it dictates and determines what we're going to believe or do or practice about a specific thing. So a resource like this might be helpful. So this is a Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament and other Christian literature. I'm sorry, an early Christian literature. This is the BDAG. Uh, It's the initials of those authors that put it together. And what this book does is it tells you what a word meant in other books that were written at the time that the Bible was written. Mm -hmm. So it researches all the other literature that was available at that time and helps give us much more fleshed out definitions of words, which for, for Bible study, for actually studying words, is incredibly helpful information to have. Um, So we'll talk about some of these as we go through Mark chapter 9 because there are some really tricky Greek spots in Mark chapter 9 that we will have to rely heavily on talking to those who have come before us and left us resources that help us understand the Bible. And one of my passions is helping you understand the Scripture and how to use the resources that are available to us. So I'm going to talk through some of those as we go. Uh, yes, you would like the Greek-English parallel. Uh, uh, oh, yes, Dave. The Transfiguration really is the bright spot in Mark chapter 9. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. Um, <clears throat> that's exactly right. So, Jay, I think you and your family are back in person on Sunday mornings at the Hickson campus. If you go and find my pulpit that's in the, uh, the Sunday school classroom... There's a copy of this, I think, in the pulpit. Grab it, take it, and go explore. Uh, There you go. That's how we do with resources. So that was step number four, talking about the Bible. And then step number five is sharing. And this is where we actually begin to talk and to say, these are the things that I have prayed about. These are the things that I have heard. These are the things that I have thought about. These are the things that I have talked about with other believers. Now... After thoughtful, intentional action, we might be ready to speak about the Scripture. And when we do, there's a lowliness, there's an intention, there's a calm, there's a patience that we want to have with our attitudes about this. And we're going to speak the truth in love and trust the Lord with the outcome. Because God did not hold us accountable for the outcome of being faithful to Him. He holds us accountable for being faithful. So let's make sure we're really clear on that. So our in-class practice, what we do is we pray for help in understanding Mark. We hear Mark. We think about Mark. We talk with someone uh, about Mark. We share our insights with somebody about Mark. And then our after-class practice is we invite. So that's your homework is to pray, hear, think, talk, share, and invite. That's what we do uh, each and every week. I will encourage you that... um, if you are interested in uh, going back and listening to some, some of our other lessons, you can do so at OurSundaySchool.com. You can subscribe there to lessons, uh, to the uh, YouTube channel. You can see the videos of all these lessons in Mark. Uh, you can also see the the series of talking about the Bible, which really kind of digs into each one of those components quite a bit. Uh, I would encourage you to—yeah, uh, I know, Mitch, you're palming. That's okay. You looks like you both are. That's— um, Oh, you're actually on campus with us here. Okay, cool. Are you in the Sunday School classroom right now? So if you are, just answer back. I would love to know that. So I think that's kind of neat. Uh, But you can subscribe to the weekly email. It's got links to resources and whatnot, the Facebook group uh, online, the public one, and then the uh, the YouTube channel as well. Uh, I would encourage you that if you're interested in being a member of our Sunday School and doing this on a regular basis, if you want to go and find out about the membership expectations for our Sunday School, you can go to the About Us tab our school.com listen to the lesson or watch the lesson there. If you want to commit to those membership expectations, we would love to have you uh, as a member of our Sunday school. And then here in just a minute after we close, uh, we'll have, I'll ask you to um, hadn't responded yet. I'll ask you to write in the comments any uh, prayer requests that you might have. I'll ask you to, to pray over somebody that's not physically with you and then uh, you can either go in person or watch online. Uh, one of our uh, Sunday morning uh, services. So real quick, t-shirt update. So this is a t-shirt that we got last week from uh, Cincinnati Children's Hospital. That's where my family's been for the last three weeks. Um, I'll show you our badges. So you get a a, a sticker for every single uh, day. I'll hold them up this way. It's probably easier to read. Yeah, there we go. So for every single day, you are on site. You have to go through a screening, get your temperature checked. They ask you 30 questions. It's the same 30 questions every day. It's unbelievable. Um, this is my badge. Let me take that off real quick. So this is my badge. See the nice, neat little, I'm sorry. This is my badge. Sorry, I was pointing at the wrong one. Everything's backward when I look at it on the screen here. So it's kind of crazy. So everything, all, the, all the stickers are stacked uh, evenly and nice, neat on top of each other. It's really, really well done. And this is a friend of mine's badge. Uh, and, uh, she, uh, decided that she wanted to have like a rainbow, uh, of all of her stickers. So we were there. Yes. If you counted 19 days, uh, and it was a chronic pain, uh, program for Caleb. Uh, I won't go into all the details, but it was a wonderful, wonderful success. Uh, we have a tremendous number of additional tools and resources available to us now. Uh, Caleb is encouraged. Uh, he is significantly more functional now uh, than he was when we started the program, and we are just extraordinarily thankful to God for giving us an opportunity to engage with a program like that, uh, just because it, it was it was hard, it was long, it was difficult, but it was an amazing, amazing result for us, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing what the future brings as we try to navigate now all these different options that are available to us That really weren't functionally available to us just uh, as much as a couple of weeks ago. So uh, thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, thank you guys that are members of our Sunday school for kind of keeping it under wraps when we let you know that. That's why for those of you that uh, are noticing that the bookshelf is back, that's because the prior two weeks were taught in a hotel room in uh, Wilder, Kentucky, which is just outside of Cincinnati. So uh, so thank you guys for the support and the help. Uh, thank you specifically today, Barbara, Uh, for taking care of our house and coming in and watching everything and keeping an eye on stuff. Uh, Little things like that are big things when you have big stuff going on in your life. So thank you, Dave, for uh, being our hands and feet when we weren't here. And uh, with that, I am way over time this morning, but I did want to give you an update on Caleb. So uh, thank you so much for coming. Uh, Pray for each other, love on each other, encourage, support each other. And I'm looking forward to seeing you guys as soon as we can get back in person uh, where that would be safe for our family. Uh, But I'll just tell you, it's probably going to be several more months for our family that we are in this kind of a situation. We'll continue to be streaming the entire time. Uh, And it might be, um, I'm looking here, um, it might be uh, options where there are going to be options available to stream it in our Sunday school classroom. So we'll see. We'll take a look at lots of different things, and we'll let you know uh, how that progresses. So thanks again for all the prayers. Pray for each other. I love you guys. Can't wait to see you soon. See you guys. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at com.